my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hello, divas. I have a treat for us for this Masterclass episode. My friend and colleague Fabiana Clore is here, and I cannot wait to tell you about her. So here's the bio part, and then we're going to just jump right into this episode. So let me tell you a little bit about Fabiana. Fabiana creates financial and artistic prosperity for musicians so they can stop trading time for money and create lifestyle-aligned businesses where they have the freedom to work on their own time with complete location freedom without sacrificing their quality time with their families and artistic dreams. As a concert pianist and business strategist for musicians, Fabiana has helped thousands of musicians build, grow, and scale their businesses into online premium music programs that run on autopilot. I mean, come on, doesn't that sound amazing? So you are not going to want to miss this episode. Let me give you some more details here. Fabiana holds a doctorate in music and piano performance with additional education in the music business and entertainment industries. Prior to becoming a business coach for musicians, Fabiana co-founded a nationally featured music academy called Superior Academy of Music in 2011, and since 2016, she's run her music school on autopilot remotely across the country. Fabiana was the founder and director of the UNT, that's University of North Texas Music Business and Entrepreneurship Program for five years. In this role, she spearheaded the creation of a major initiative that helped musicians launch their own businesses, win tenure-track university teaching positions, and gain arts administration jobs. In 2020, Fabiana launched her signature business mentorship program, the Musician's Profit Umbrella, which helps musicians all around the world package their skills into a profitable and scalable online teaching or coaching business. Her clients have been able to create new income streams, triple their rates, step out of overwhelm and burnout, and design a completely new way of living. You can see why I was super passionate about getting Fabiana on the podcast. These are all my favorite things to talk about. And so I hope that you get so, so, so much out of this like I did. Fabiana is definitely going to tell you at the end of the episode that you can find her and join her free online community at fabianaclaure.com. But don't miss this. So Fabiana is F-A-B-I-A-N-A and her last name Claure is spelled C-L-A-U-R-E.com. Okay. Divas, we are done with the bio. Let it, let's jump right in. It's time for this masterclass episode with Fabiana Clare. Hooray! Fabiana, welcome to Studio Class. I am so thrilled that you are here to be a masterclass guest for us. I have been wanting to talk to you for so long. And so this is really such, you know, selfishly such a pleasure for me. And I just get to bring all my listeners along with you. (laughs) So to kick us off, I was hoping that you would just tell us a little bit about you. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Megan. I'm really excited about being in your podcast and connecting with your wonderful community and just getting to know you better as well. Um, My name is Fabiana Clore. I am a pianist and a business strategist for musicians. I'm the founder and CEO of the Musicians Profit Umbrella, which is a global business mentorship program that helps musicians build, grow, and scale their music businesses into the online space so that they can create businesses that no longer trap them in the time for money trap. Mm -hmm. They can actually have complete autonomy over their time, monetize their knowledge instead of their time, and build unlimited financial and artistic prosperity. 
I love now, this. <laughs> as a mother of two and a wife, it's also important to do this in a way where you're not sacrificing your quality of life. Mm -hmm. uh, my journey has been one in which I've constantly had to juggle building businesses, multiple businesses, as well as being a mom and a wife. Um, and just, I found that building businesses is easy. The hard part is balancing it with the rest of the things that we need in our life and not getting to a place of burnout. When we focus on one thing, we can really, be, really be good at it. Yeah. But the challenge is how do you do it all, right? How do yeah. you create balance in your work and your life and your health and your mindset and your relationships? And that's what I'm most passionate about is helping musicians build businesses without sacrificing their quality of life. Right, right. I think I love this so much. And so many of the things that we're thinking about align when, when I think about the the context in which we have uh, a lot of people that come to me or like listen to the podcast they might have gone through school and they're getting all of this information good information about their craft about running their business right but they they're they're not always getting information about how to integrate right and like so they get this information that's just like oh well if you could just work literally every hour of the day then you'll have a successful music business and i think what you're saying is Oh, beyond necessary, right? That we have to be whole humans. And, and I'm so glad that you're helping so many people do that for themselves. So Fabiana, I would love to kick things off with one of my favorite questions to start with, which is what is an intention that you're holding for yourself right now? An intention that I'm holding for myself is to build more awareness throughout my day. Mm. Awareness of how the rhythm of the day goes of the routines that I'm able to create in my personal care, in my work, um, to the habits that I'm developing and overall being able to be basically the director of my movie instead of the actor, yeah. you know, that's my number one intention. And it's really transformed everything that I've done in my life. And the more I'm looking for that role of being the director versus the, the actor, everything really has a new perspective. So when things become challenging, when things happen that are unexpected, when changes happen that I wasn't looking into, to not feel that I'm in the movie, but to take a step back and say, okay, what's what am I feeling right now? Yeah. You know, And how can I address that emotion? And how can I react in a way that I would be able to look back on and say, okay, I took some time to think about it versus I just reacted. Yes. I think in times... In my life, I felt like I was just reacting to life mm -hmm. and I was the actor in the movie. Yeah. And I was believing everything that came into my head and I was acting based on that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. my number one intention as I go through my day, as I work with my clients, as I interact with my family is to be the director, to look at how I'm feeling and to be that awareness behind the experience. Yeah. You see what I mean? I do. I do. Do you, do you have a sense of when you started to realize that you felt like the actor in the movie rather than the director, like how that awareness started to come through for you? It's physical, Megan. Yeah. I feel it very physically. Yeah. When, when things happen and I get anxious or I feel something like, you know, when you feel like a news comes in and you just, uh, you feel it in your stomach, you're just yeah. like, ah, and you just, it's so easy to, when you get those physical visceral reactions, you just kind of react because it's a physical thing that you feel, whether it's stress or whether it's even happiness and joy, it's, it, it comes into our bodies. So yeah. I would say just overall body awareness, when I'm feeling those things, either tension or 
exuberance or whatever emotion to be like, whoa, what is this feeling I'm feeling? And then to be able to say, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to question my responses to those feelings, meaning if I feel something strong in my stomach or my chest or something happens to say, how can I react out of that? How can I be aware of what I'm feeling and then choose the response mm-hmm. versus just respond? Yeah. So I would say in a, in a nutcase, it's just being in, in a shortcut is just being aware of the physical responses that I feel throughout my day to things that happen. Definitely. I, I love that. I, I think that putting that kind of um, stop or a trigger in between the I'm feeling something and I'm reacting to it is so important, but also really challenging to do sometimes Mm -hmm. if like, as we're practicing it, I wonder if you've had any uh, thoughts about ways, even just little tips and tricks that you've used to kind of uh, put something in your life. Like, like, do you, what's a action that you do to kind of help yourself put that little pause there and like choose your choose your next step rather than just feeling reactive. Hmm, that's a great question. I would say hands down the best hack that has allowed me to develop this awareness and be able to have this control and it's you know I say have this control I don't really know that I have it 100% but it's certainly something that I I'm aware of I'm trying to get better at it right. But the number one way that I do this is through daily rituals. Yeah. daily practices of meditation, mm-hmm. uh, daily practices of, of mindfulness, yeah. being conscious of my breathing, being conscious of my physical state, mm-hmm. but above all meditation, I would say really helps yeah. because when you put yourself in this state of completely aligning with the present moment and just stillness, and especially as part of the meditation designing your vision for what you want and who you want to be and reminding yourself meditation actually means to become familiar so when you are practicing meditation essentially if you're doing it you know ideally in a way where you're not only centering yourself to be still but also creating an intention for what you want you're creating that vision of the of the person that you are trying to become and how you're trying to evolve and you're, you're meeting that person on a daily basis and it becomes closer. Mm-hmm. And so when you are becoming your, like when you are reacting as your old self throughout the day, mm-hmm. you have that point of reference to say, but that's not who I want to be. That's not mm-hmm. who I need to be anymore. Because yeah. I just reminded myself first thing in the morning and last thing at night of who I need to be in order to create my life. And part of building our music businesses is so internal as it is external. We can't change our external reality. We can't change our circumstances until we're willing to go inside and change ourselves. And so by working on yourself internally and creating these practices, these habits of having these moments of meeting the new version of yourself, that's going to make your dreams come true. You're rewiring your brain and putting yourself in a predisposition in your day to have that reference point of like, ah, I can't react this way because this is my old self. Mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm no longer wanting to be this person. I need to be the person I declared I was going to be in my meditation. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. Fabiana, I'm not sure. I want to ask this question, which is the, is about envisioning our future selves a little bit more. And, and I find that with clients or friends or anyone that I'm talking to so much of being able to build our music businesses, build our, build our empires, right? As is being able to envision 
what's available to us in the future? And I kind of, I just, I know that that's not really a question, but I really want to ask you, can you speak to that, that what does that look like about being able to envision all of the things that are available to you as an artist instead of maybe bumping up against your limiting beliefs or, mm. or feeling kind of like, I can't move beyond this or, oh, that's for other people, but it's not for me. I, I can't have a successful music business because nobody makes money in the arts or those kinds of things. Absolutely. Well, that's a really important question because your environment will determine your perspective, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, if you're surrounding yourself by people who believe those limiting beliefs, who believe those stories, who are constantly, you know, sharing those and surrounding yourself by people who are saying that, that it's not possible, that starving artists, et cetera, then chances are those perspectives will influence your level of thinking. It's just going to happen by osmosis. Yeah. So in order for us to start shifting our perspective, not only do we need to work internally on our own subconscious and reprogramming of our personality and our intentions to evolve, but we must surround us ourselves by people who are on the same path of growth, who see things from a place of hope, of possibility, who are doing the things that we want to be able to do. Yeah. And when you are savvy and, and strategic and proactive in getting into the places where those people hang out and protecting your focus and your attention of what you consume, Megan, mm -hmm. protecting your attention from not looking at things that distract you from that, but instead filtering out the noise and looking for knowledge, for communities, for, for, for mentorship, for people who are already where you want to be, then all of a sudden the potential is going to unfold and you're not going to feel any limitations because you're going to see mm -hmm. and you're going to meet. And you're not only that, but you're going to also learn from the way those people think. Here's the thing. And I tell this to my clients all the time. Like there are people right now that are generating a million dollars a day yeah. and more. Yeah. yeah. Do they have more than 24 hours in a day? Do they have more time in their day than we do? No. Do they have any superpowers that we don't? No. <laughs> they're using their time differently. They're thinking about their time in a different way and they're making decisions according to those beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only difference. Yeah. So when you start thinking like they do, when you start surrounding yourself by the behaviors and the habits of people who are able to create success and not only financial, but also an alignment. As I said before, I don't just talk about financial success as the only way of succeeding. Yeah. There are people who make a million dollars and are miserable, but I'm talking yeah. about having it all. Yeah. I'm talking about people who not only create wealth, but create aligned lives who are there for their families, who are thriving artistically and creatively, who feel expansive about their day. Yeah. Like absolutely surrounding yourself by those people is the key yeah. to succeeding and seeing the possibility. Yes. Oh, so many. Oh. Fabiana, we have so many things that we like to talk about in common. And these are, these are all my favorite topics. So <laughs> I, I also hear us kind of getting closer towards talking about some things like community building and, and thinking about who am I interacting with regularly, right? Who's influencing me? Who am I influencing in, in these just, and that can be through, you know, who we're working with, our collaborators, right? Our students, our mentors, our friends, our, you know, our, our neighbors, those kinds of things. Because we talk a lot about community building and being in those places and being around people who are influencing us positively, 
sometimes I know that my students or my clients feel like they're not always sure what actions they're supposed to take to quote unquote build community, right? And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that. What do you counsel people to do when they're looking to build these kinds of really positive relationships? Yeah, um, I think there's an important part of of defining your own self before you're trying to build a community around that. Mm -hmm. And when I say your own self, I specifically mean a brand, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. In order for you to build a community and have uh, people around you understand you and want to surround themselves with you, you need to know what you stand for as an artist, Mm -hmm. as a musician. Mm -hmm. You need to have a position in life. You need to have a perspective uh, and a message mm-hmm. that you want to convey that's going to become that bad signal to the world, so to speak, yeah. that's going to tell people, hey, I'm here. I have this perspective. I have this dream. I have this vision. Maybe I want to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And that's usually something that most musicians don't realize that they need to have. And so when they try to build communities and they don't have a clear brand, they don't know exactly who they are what they're about, what they stand for, and how to define not only the work that they do, but the why behind that work. Then it's really hard to create that community because who are you going to attract? What are they going to come for? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I would say the first step when you are intentional and you want to say, I want to build an audience, I want to build community, I want to build my presence online, especially, Mm -hmm. is looking for ways where you can clarify your own self first. You can define who are you? Why do you do what you do? What are the hills that you're willing to die on? Like, what are the things you really want to take a stance on? And knowing that the more intentional you are with those like messages, with this information, the, the, the more conviction you can share about your beliefs, about the things that maybe you feel could be done in a better way that you know can fix people, can help people, things that you want to share and not feeling that you need to apologize for them, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or wait for someone to tell you that they deserve, like that it's worthy, but actually embrace your inner worth mm-hmm. and say like, I have a story to share. I have a perspective. Yeah. I, I want people to know what I have to offer yeah. and, and not feeling that you're less than, or that someone else is better, but really embracing that from a place of just authenticity and knowing that of course, there's always things we can improve. There's always things that people have done that are at different stages in their lives but just coming to terms with your own worth and your willingness to share what you have to offer at this stage in your life mm-hmm. is the first step to actually then be able to say who wants in who wants to be a part of this conversation mm-hmm. you know you've done that right you have a perspective you have a brand you have a, a philosophy of living and you've created your community and people know when i come to megan this is what she's about they know what they're coming into because you've communicated that Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say. <laughs> so, Fabian, one of the questions that I really also love to ask is about what is a technical skill that you love to teach? And, you know, if I'm asking this to vocalists, sometimes we're talking about like literal technique, but especially because you and I coach people on their music businesses, I would love it if you would interpret this question on like the a kind of nuts and bolts like what's a technical workflow that you love to teach people hey there divas real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode do you love studio class 
you can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash mezzoenen, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes, you can make listener requests, and for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? Here's your chance. As a Masterclass Scholar, you're invited to the recording of the Masterclass episodes and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive Q&A after the taping. So come on over, check it out, patreon.com slash And now we're back to the episode. Yeah, I think there's something really important that I focus on with the work that I do with musicians, which is re-engineering the way they work Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that they are no longer trading their time for Mm -hmm, money. mm -hmm. That is the foundational workflow that I propose with all my clients is helping them restructure their work and, and their offers so that they are not just you know, teaching 20 students and hoping to get 40 in order to reach their goals, teaching 20 hours a week. But if only they could teach 40, they would get to where they need to be Mm -hmm. or gigging three to five gigs a month. But if they could gig 15 gigs a month, basically going against the conditioning that in order to earn more, they need to work harder. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The primary foundational concept that I help my clients shift is transitioning from trading their time for money into monetizing their knowledge by building online programs where people can access that and they can have multiple ways of serving their clients through developing a methodology, through creating their own framework, Mm -hmm. but also through providing one-to-many contact points, Mm -hmm. online virtual masterclasses, opportunities to interact with their clients, but in a one-to-many format instead of one-to-one. Yes, yes. That's so great. If somebody were going to coach with you on something like this, could you give them like the, here's a little bit to think about before we get together when it kind of like you were saying methodology and framework, is that something you'd like someone to think through a little bit? Is that kind of like, uh, what skills, what types of information do you want to share with people? I'm curious, what would be like a, okay, I've done a little bit of this work. I'm ready to work with Fabiana now. Actually, I don't really feel people should do any of that because I honestly feel like it's a waste of time. (laughs) If you're just trying to overthink things and come up with all the clarity and the answers before you follow a process that's designed to give you the clarity. I mean, actually, I think that's something that sometimes traps musicians into feeling that they need to have all of this in place before they come Mm. in and follow a process. Yeah. Um, And so I actually discourage musicians from feeling that they need to know all of those things uh, because that kind of traps them in a position of analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. And they feel this pressure of having to have clarity before they start taking a a process that was designed precisely for them to have clarity. So I like (laughs) to make the analogy with like, if we have a sore throat, and we have an appointment with the doctor, we don't need to wait till the throat pain goes away before we see the doctor. Like yeah. the reason why we go to the doctor is to have that throat evaluated and to have a plan created for us and then to eventually get rid of the pain through implementing the plan. So I kind of make that same analogy when it comes to musicians who come into my world and who are looking into ways to optimize their businesses. The reason why they come into my world is precisely because they don't have the the skills, the knowledge and the strategy to do it effectively, or at least to do it in a quick amount of time. They, they, they spend years trying to find these answers on their own. Um, so other than, than this foundational idea of 
realizing that they don't have to trade their time anymore. I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest breakthrough right. that our musicians really experience when coming into my world. And I want to make sure that they are aware of, mm-hmm. as long as they understand that, that their yeah. time is their most precious commodity and that they shouldn't continue striving for more work in the wrong way. Yeah. That's really all that is required. All that I encourage musicians to understand and to open their mind mm-hmm. uh, and to just be willing to, to restructure the way they work in favor of building a more strategic and leveraged business. That's really the only thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And I love what you said about analysis paralysis and making sure that we're not trying to like make everything perfect before we can like go to resources and take that next step in a way where somebody's like, come with me. I'm making this as efficient and like straightforward as possible, right? This is where you're going to get this information. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, Fabiana, would you come with me for a second, which is one of the things in my, in my brand, as you mentioned, is talking about micro actions and micro actions are just like helping us break it down into like these smallest component parts, right? Instead of the example that I always use, sorry, my listeners are going to be like, Megan, get a new example. (laughs) But instead of saying, write the grant, right? We pick like one element, I'm going to polish the narrative, or I'm going to finish working on the budget for the grant, breaking it down so that they become easier to process, right? And also for us to not feel so overwhelmed by like the mountain and just like focus on like the step right in front of us. That's all to say, Fabiana, do you feel like you you have a micro action that's been particularly impactful in your own career? I think the most my, the most powerful part of um, my process, I would say, is the mindset component. It's just working on my mindset. Yeah, I, I feel like I've learned different strategies throughout the years through my experience, you know, building initially a brick and mortar music school mm-hmm. uh, back in 2011, just fresh out of doctoral degree, you know, finishing my doctorate in piano and then starting a business school, working on the perspective of what it would take to, to take that leap of faith and working on my mind at that time yeah. and being okay with the risk that was involved in signing a lease for a brick and mortar facility, going all in into a like brick and mortar music school, yeah. hiring people, working all day long. Then from there, transitioning into building a university program at the University of North Texas five years after yeah. and actually delegating my school and learning how to make something work without me and kind of putting it on autopilot. From there to having run that music business program, built it, to then building an online business now in the last three years and helping musicians do this in the online space. The one thing that has been key in my different stages of my career has been working on my mindset. Mm-hmm. And some things have come intuitively. Like I, we were actually interviewed in PBS right when we started our music school back in 2011. And they made this document, this featuring about like young entrepreneurs, this and that. And even then I shared my thoughts about building a business. And I said, something along the lines of, I just learned to live with this uncertainty. I just learned to live with this awareness of the risk Mm -hmm. and to be okay with that and not see it as a sign that I should not move forward. Mm. And when I look back, I was like, my gosh, since then I had that already clear, but boy, has I, have I had to remind me all this time (laughs) in the last 13 years through different moments where I've taken risks. Yeah. It's always come down to like, okay, 
how am I going to juggle this new challenge and how am I going to be able to be okay with the risk and learn how to manage it responsibly and also to not wait until everything is always sure before moving forward. So when it comes to micro actions, I would say the number one thing has been looking at the way you make decisions, looking at the way you handle risk and being aware that the more you develop tolerance for change and uncertainty, the more you are willing to take calculated risks in your life. That's a sign of growth. That's a sign of potentially expanding a lot higher, the less you are willing to do that. And if you find yourself risk averse and trying to stay the course and just not change because you're afraid of what could happen, then to be able to be aware of that mindset and to remind yourself like that's not conducive to growth. And that's probably why you're stuck. Mm -hmm. So the micro action that I would share with your community is just having that mindset awareness and yes, strategies of business and marketing, there's so many of them, but if you don't have the right frame of mind, none of those matter. Right. Right. Yeah. I say that to my clients all the time when we walk through like the framework and mindset is part of my framework as well. And I, and I say, you know, it took me a long time in coaching to realize that if we don't, if we don't address these things, then the, just the straight up music business elements of, you know, creating, like, we can't even talk about create an email list until we talk about like, you deserve to have people that want to interact with your work, (laughs) like those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned things like mindfulness and meditation. And also what I hear you saying in that is that, that the micro action is, is work on your mindset which can be in lots of different formats, right? Throughout time, you're going to be using different tools and strategies to do that. But the idea is like staying true to, I will continually, you know, kind of work on or, or refine my mindset or, you know, be, be engaged with a positive mindset. And I was wondering if you had any other, any of those other tools or strategies that you wanted to toss out there that you, that you would recommend to people, you know, obviously mindfulness and meditation being really, really powerful ones. But if there was anything else that has kind of helped you um, at different times, so that if somebody's Mm -hmm. kind of like, I've been doing this, but I don't feel like I'm, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm positively engaging my, my mindset or, or working on it in a, in a good way could you give them something else too? Yeah, so absolutely. So another thing that's been very important is developing a love for communication and engaging with your audience mm-hmm. and engaging with people who you want to serve. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, we can be very perfectionists as musicians and we're used to kind of practicing in the practice room and then showing up with a finished product on stage and presenting and like expecting applause. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to building your business and developing your career, you can't work that same way. You can't just be isolated and trying to polish your idea and fine tuning it and then expect to present it and have raving applause. It's not the way it works in business. So you need to detach from this idea and you need to know that the more you communicate with your potential clients about your ideas, the more you are like embracing communication and visibility and a willingness to share your perspective, whether it's through video, whether it's through blogs, whether it's through whatever, But if you don't create content that is going to engage your audience to respond to that and get that critical information from them around what they connect with, what resonates, what are they indifferent? And from there, consider building and creating a better product or defining and refining your offers. You're just wasting your time. 
Mm. You cannot build this in the practice room. You have to build this in the arena. Yes. yes. You got to get yourself out there. You have to interact with clients. And I see this all the time. Musicians come to me. They're like, oh, I've got this crazy idea. I love my idea for the business. Do you think it's going to work? And I'm like, it's not my job to tell you whether it's going to work or not. Yeah. You need to have that information by interacting with your potential clients and seeing how they respond. Because I'm not going to buy your product. Yeah. Right? Right. It's your clients who will. So you're asking the wrong questions to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So what I can show you is how to find that information out and learn how to research and get that information from your clients. But it's not my job to tell you whether this is a brilliant million dollar business idea or not. Right. Right. So right. I would say the other thing is incredibly important is if you want to grow your business is not feeling that you need to come up with all the answers on your own and design this product and create all of it in a vacuum, but instead Mm. intentionally interact. And the other good thing about it is that when you communicate with your potential clients and you're talking to them, you're having conversations, you're engaging through them online, your confidence is going to skyrocket Yeah. because all of a sudden you hear them say, oh my gosh, Megan, like, this is so helpful. Thank you so much. I can't believe what you just said. This was so impactful. And I've been struggling with this, but you know what? When I heard your video, when I would listen to your podcast, when I saw you speak, Oh, I felt such a relief. Like this makes so much sense. Or getting in conversations and asking directly to your clients, what are you struggling with? What is your challenge? Yeah. And having them say, you know what? This is my problem. And then you can say, well, can I fix this problem? Maybe yes, maybe not. But you won't know until you interact with your audience. Yes. I love that you said this, Fabiana. I've I've definitely interacted with students in workshops and masterclasses. And they say like, well, I want to build um, this content arm, but I have to know that it's going to work. And that suddenly, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, oh, no, that's, <laughs> I wish that would be so cool. But no, that's not how it goes. <laughs> and I think that's such a great example of what you're saying too about engaging with your own sense of risk and and taking that step forward anyway, is that is you have to practice in as many ways as possible, right? To to set down that fear and uncertainty and just say, you know what, I'm going to try it anyway. Like, I'm going to see if I can take this step forward. I love that. Um, I wonder, I, I thought that the interacting with your audience and asking them questions is such a valuable part of us building our businesses. For our friends who are trying to build their their performance lives more too, I was wondering if you have any thoughts about how they could get, you know, especially our freelance side of our lives, we just don't get that chance to necessarily ask our clients our, or directors, presenters, you know, any of that kind of stuff, ask them more questions directly. Do you think that you'd have any advice for them about how to just like kind of get more of that feedback? Yeah, absolutely. I think an important part of you being effective and reaching out to presenters is you being very solid with the story about your work, mm-hmm. having a very clearly defined value proposition in the work that you do. And also showing that you have a following, like you have an audience, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that appeals presenters and promoters is the fact that like, do people follow you? Do people listen to you? Do you have a point of view? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best performer, but it's that you have a philosophy for the work that you do. And even in the way you play, Mm -hmm. even in the selection of repertoire that you choose, what's the purpose behind that? Like, why are you playing this type of music versus that type of music? What's the reason you are this type of artist instead of another? 
Mm-hmm. So I would say for you to be able to become appealing to presenters, you need to be very clear with who you are and what is it about your perspective as an artist, whether it's for teaching, whether it's for coaching, whether it's for performing, what is the unifying thread that puts it all together and allows people to understand the essence of who you are and what you are about, Definitely. right? And this is something that is really key and it's kind of what led me to develop my kind of musician's profit umbrella system because i believe when we put together all our skills in an umbrella and we're not leaving one thing and instead we're just like letting people see us for who we are not just for what we do then we become irreplaceable there is no competition there is no, no other way that that people can shadow us or whatever because no one has our same story. No one has our same experience collectively. And so when you have that clearly defined and not only that, but you can articulate to presenters how your presentation will benefit their venue, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how your audience, how your value proposition, what is the benefit for their audience of you playing? Mm -hmm. And when you can convey that beyond just, can you hire me please? And instead of wanting people to pick you, you position yourself as something that you have already inherent value of and that you could potentially help strengthen their organization through your work, through your performances, through the audience that you bring, whatever that looks like, then now you have a business proposition. You're not just pick me, pick me, pick me, but you're actually approaching presenters as a business as well. Absolutely. What a great, what a great starting place for collaborations. What a great place for like business partnerships is if you know yourself as a business and you're bringing them value, then they can see that. And you're saying like, this is going to work well. I'm assisting your business. You're assisting my business. This is partnership. (laughs) So Fabiana, can you tell me a little bit about something that you're working on in your business or building in the business that you're excited about at the moment? Like this is kind of you know, tell me about things that might be coming up that you can share. Nothing that has to be, you know, like lock and key proprietary, but it just, um, just something that you're really excited about that's coming up in your business. Yeah. Well, um, I actually have been working on writing my first book now <gasps> oh my God, and so I am exciting. super excited about <laughs> releasing it later this year. Um, and it's one of those things that I think is going to be incredibly helpful for musicians around the world to be able to access an inside view into the process that I use that have not only has not only helped me build my businesses but also help musicians be able to learn how to put their businesses on autopilot because that's really I think the success formula is not just creating a business but ultimately allowing it to work without you needing to be involved in every step of the way yeah. and so uh, I think your audience can, you know, stay in tune or just, you know, stay in the loop uh, because I believe that that book is going to create an incredible, incredible change. It really started 10, like 11, 12 years ago when I finished my doctorate degree, uh, I wrote a dissertation around the lives of entrepreneurial concert pianists. And it was all about how they were able to build sustaining careers through performance, but also through entrepreneurial ventures. And I always knew that when I finished that dissertation, that it would one day become a book, but then I started a business. I became a mom. I moved to Texas. I started a university program. Then I had a second kid and life, one thing after the other, you know, 12 years passed. And finally, last year, I said, you know what? I have to write this book. I just have to. So I committed to it and I just decided and I spent a few months putting it together. So it's written. Now I can actually talk about it because it's real. It's not just in my head. 
Um, yes. I have the draft. I'm going to edit it now. I'm in the process of, you know, editing it and getting it all processed and set up for, you know, publishing and getting it out into the world. So I yeah. think that's one of the most uh, exciting things that I am now looking forward to unveiling in the next few months. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I am, I am so excited. I'm definitely going to put information about the book in the show notes, like when our episode comes out and I will 100% be buying that book. So (laughs) (laughs) that sounds so exciting. I I'm so thrilled for you. So thank Thank you. you. Do you have, let's see here. I do want to ask a follow-up question to this, which is okay. Writing books. We, you know, lots of us are kind of like, look, thinking, oh, maybe this might be in my future. Do you have any advice for people, especially through, you know, they've got very specific knowledge that they're wanting to share, they're wanting to pass on one to many, definitely a book situation. Do you have any advice that you would just want people to keep in mind if they're, if that's kind of tickling in the back of their head? Yeah. um, The number one advice that I would suggest is if you are going to consolidate your knowledge, whether it's writing a book, whether it's creating a YouTube channel, whether it's releasing an album, any way that you're going to capture your proprietary information for the masses, Mm -hmm. make sure that you have a business plan for that product Mm -hmm. Just release it for the sake of releasing. And most musicians, unfortunately, make that fatal mistake of spending years and years and years of their life creating beautiful works of art, releasing albums, creating YouTube channels with thousands of followers, with all these beautifully edited videos, but they have no plan for behind those products. There's no end game, no strategy into what do you want your audience to understand and to ultimately do, Yeah, you know, with that information, how do you want them to apply it? How can that help them and also help you? So you don't just spend three, four years spending thousands of dollars creating an album or writing a book or creating YouTube videos, and then you're still broke and you're still starving, right? And you're still like, I put all this energy, music is a bad career. I should have been a doctor. No, it's that you just did it with a wrong strategy. You didn't have a business plan. You didn't have an end goal, a desired outcome that you want your audience to do after consuming that product. So that's the number one recommendation is, yes, you want to write a book. I encourage you to do that. But what's the plan? What's the plan for that book? If you don't have one, don't waste your time in writing a book. First, come up with a business. Make sure you have a way of monetizing your knowledge. Make sure you have a way of people being able to do something with that product. And once you have that, then go ahead and release the album, write the book, make the YouTubes. I don't care. (laughs) Number one advice. I love it. That is such chef's kisses (laughs) advice right there. Fabiana, you know that I believe curiosity is a superpower. I really think that curiosity just like, fills us up and keeps us artistically alive in so many ways. And I was wondering, what is something that you are curious about these days? Oh, I'm too curious, actually. <laughs> this is such I am, a dangerous I, question for musicians. I, I, like, I, am, I am curious. I am curious because the thing is, you know, I, I think that's been a great advantage for me to be this inquisitive person, but like to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I, I have to manage that curiosity carefully because yeah. it can distract me, yeah. right, from what I need to focus on. So if I would say what I'm curious about, I think I'm very much into inner game, mm. inner game, the thoughts, the inner process, the inner development. The thing that I'm fascinated by is how our behaviors and our thoughts create a reality. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I'm very curious about and learning more. And every time I learn more, I get blown away. I'm just like, what? You know, the more I understand about brain science and 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 psychology and how 
our thoughts create our reality and how true that is. It's scary how yeah. true that is. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious about understanding the inner game yeah. um, because I feel like when you do that and you're committed to that and passionate about that, nothing becomes too much. Nothing is too hard for you to handle. There's nothing that can come your way that you cannot manage because you're so strong inside. So that's the number one thing that these days occupies my curiosity when I do have time for being curious, which I protected very carefully. I I don't lately embark in too much of that because I'm really intentional and like creating rather than consuming. You know, I'm more of a creator than a consumer. And I think that's also helped me a lot not be always learning and, and consuming information, but instead focusing on creating yeah. and building. Um, but when I do embark in the learning side of things, that's one of the things that I'm passion, passionate about. I love that. Oh, I feel so motivated. <laughs> Fabiana, where can people find you on the interwebs if they want to interact with you, your work, maybe work with you, any of that kind of stuff? Where would you like people to be able to find you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I would say uh, I've got a really great resource that potentially could help your listeners yeah. understand some of the key strategies for delegating your business and putting it more of an autopilot situation, yeah. which I think is something that musicians don't really understand enough how to do, generally speaking. Uh, and I think this resource could potentially be a game changer for any musician listening. It's called musicbusinessfreedom.com. Yeah. And so if anyone is interested in understanding more behind the scenes of how this process works and what you could do to build more freedom in your music business, then I think that would be a great resource for you to check it out, musicbusinessfreedom.com. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay. Well, we'll point everybody in that direction as well. And Fabiana, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your just your effervescence in, in this space with me. It means a lot to me. And I know that our listeners are just really passionate about these topics and, and so thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope that I can have you back in the future. We'll just kind of keep this conversation going. So thanks again for being a masterclass guest on Studio Class. Thank you, Megan, for having me. It's been wonderful to have this conversation and I hope it inspires your listeners to take action. Thank you so much for listening to this masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hey, before you go, do you have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there, at Mezzoinen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends. Or even strangers, really. So, with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening! <laughs>